What up, buddy old pal? Hey, what's going on? Welcome back. We were just saying it has been an absolute minute since um, we even recorded, since an episode came out, like more than a month since an episode came out. It's been a while because the last time we recorded would have been, because the last two episodes we switched spots from recording to... Yep. Uh, to release, so like releasing, yeah. So like it's like like that Pepe art of uh, Argan von Flangerdoon, like that we recorded mm-hmm. that possibly in May in terms of recording. On a, yeah, honestly, it feels like it. Yeah, I uh, I moved into an ha- uh, into an house into a house, so that took up so much of my time and sanity, and you know. Things just be happening in life. Things just be happening. You want to hear a sad story that happened to me yesterday? Oh my god, okay. Okay, so my fucking life in 2021 (laughs) has been a fucking disaster. Everything goes wrong. Because not only, because I told you a week ago that my bank account got hacked and they stole all my money. But I had no money, so they couldn't take a lot because I'm broke. Which is weird. Yeah. But it's funny that when I got stolen from, I think they literally took pity on me because I had fifty dollars in savings and they didn't take it. <laughs> so they're like, "We're just gonna leave that for they him." They just cleaned out what I had in my checkings, and then they saw my savings account. They're like, "Yeesh." But that's oh not the sad. Goodness. That's not the sad story because I've also been dealing. You know, this whole year I've lost all my photo identification once I moved to Montreal. So it's just been eight months of bureaucratic fucking hell of getting never get your uh, all of your photo ID lost. It's been a nightmare. So yesterday, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yesterday, I finally because uh, I oh god, this, this is gonna be this is kind of embarrassing to talk about because I had a fucking day <laughs> yesterday. So I I finally oh, got no. a meeting to replace to get a uh, uh, to get a new passport, and yeah, everything was taken care of. I paid, and they said, all right, cool. The lady was just like, all right, goodbye, and I'm going to fix this for you. And I was like, so it's over? Like, I'm going to get a new passport. It's over, right? And she goes, yeah, we'll send the mm-hmm. new passport to you. should be the first week of September. And so I left, and I started texting my sister saying just like, I think my nightmare is finally over. It finally happened. I think it's finally done. I get a call from uh, from the the woman I just talked with a second ago at the, at the counter. And she's like, hey, oh um... Could you come back? Oh my god! And For my, what reason? And my heart, my heart—I literally shat out my heart. I was just like, I was like, oh no! So I went back inside, and like, I won't bore the audience with like the details of it, but essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, for what I was, I, I was with no photo ID. I could only get the emergency passport, and for the emergency passport, I needed to buy and print out a plane ticket. So I start, so I start looking for plane tickets of shit I can't afford because my bank got stolen because they stole all my money, and then uh, so I I couldn't afford a plane ticket because my money was stolen, and so I and then and then I started explaining like I just need it for a photo ID, and then she says that a, a temporary replacement passport can't be used as photo ID, and cat oh my god cat eight years of frustration with this ID came up, I started crying uncontrollably in the, at the <gasps> service Canada. Cause it's, it, this is not the first time I've cried. I, I cried at a service Ontario too. A trigger for me is bureaucracy and that frustration. Yeah. Cat 
I'm not fucking sh- kidding. I started weeping at the Service Canada, and oh, I no. and like literally like I'm trying to, I'm trying my best. I, I'm think I didn't get mad at them at all. I'm just trying to plead my case because I'm so tired. And I just start yeah. crying and crying and crying. And they the, the women were so nice and they felt so bad for me, but there's nothing they could do. They literally were just like, I don't know, wait a couple months until... Because Quebec's not doing photo health cards because of COVID. Sort of like, I don't know, like, uh, wait until you can get a photo health card. And I'm just crying and crying and crying. And then the girl who helped me before, who was hot, which sucked... <laughs> Which was a bigger, bigger bummer. She was so cute, and her name was like John G or something. It was cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, so she handed me all my forms. She handed me all my forms back. This was yesterday, by the way. And she handed me all my forms back, and she's like, "Like, I am so sorry." And I, I my hands are shaking because I'm so upset, and I can't get the, my the form back into my envelope so i didn't collapse on the floor but i literally had to i literally had to take a knee and i just started weeping at the service canada because i was so upset and it's been so frustrating and then and then i just i eventually i stand up i just cram it all in my backpack and i stumble out like i was shot and this is in this big downtown (laughs) office of montreal this huge fucking like a lot of people walking around, fancy, beautiful architecture. The first thing you do, I there's like this, and there's like statues and art all around. I stumble next to this one statue, and I literally, I I just got on my on my hands and knees, and I cried on the floor. I had a mental breakdown. I snapped, and oh, I Jason. cried on the floor of that. Um, uh, I hope my dad doesn't hear this. He probably will. But anyway, I, I just... Oh, fuck. Anyway, so I just cried on the floor of this office building for like 20 minutes. And everyone just kept walking by me. And then I realized I had to go. So with all my oh all my, my strength, God. I stood up. I got to the exit. And it was raining outside. And I was so... <laughs> I was so depressed. Cause I started having like an anxiety attack because I was just so upset because it's been so, I was so frustrated that I couldn't move. My legs were just like, what's the point of moving when life is this terrible? So I found there's like this cement like ledge where people sat on. So what I did, I just grounded myself on this concrete slab for 20 minutes. Uh, and I just started doing like concentrated breathing, trying to calm myself down. And then eventually this fucking guy comes up to me and... W- in a weird positive note, he spoke all in French and I understood him. So that was cool. Nice. That was cool. nice. Your brain has learned. But the fucking guy, I'm literally on like trying grounding myself in the rain, having a panic attack. And this guy comes up to me and he's just like, hey, where's the entrance to this building? <laughs> and I look up. I'm like, <gasps> I stare at him with bloodshot eyes. I'm just like. I, I didn't want to respond in French. I literally just, like, pointed and, like, moved my hands around to show him where to go. And he was like, ah, merci. And he walked away. I'm just like, what about what I'm doing right now is so approachable for directions? Oh, my God, Jason. So, anyway, that was my day yesterday. And after that, I just, I literally, I went to a community pool. I swam for, like, over two hours just because I was so frustrated. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my day yesterday. Everything's going to be fine. I'll figure it out. It was just yesterday was like, I th- I literally, I walked out because I thought I finally ended this year of bureaucratic stress. 
and they pulled me back yeah. in and said I was further away than I ever thought I was. Oh my god, buddy. I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah, thank you. It's okay. It was just weird because I've never, it was the first time I've ever, because I've, I, I'm an anxious dude. I'm a private guy. I've never been one to yeah. make a scene. This is the first time in my yeah. life I ever made an emotional scene. Like I was, Aww. like I was just by this statue. It was like this abstract art with a bunch of like squares around each other. So it looks like I was just taken by its beauty, and I was just crying by the majesty of art. <laughs> but really, it's just because I was mad. And I was just, oh my god! Uh, so yeah, it's oh. it's just that's my trigger is bureaucracy. It's just that one of the yeah. when you just got so many. Um, hoops to jump through and rules yeah. and you're waiting and like and it's just and especially and there's like that glass thing behind you so there's just you're all you want is just that human connection oh yeah oh buddy i'm better now i'm better now <laughs> that was yesterday that was today's a new day that shit was thursday this is friday <laughs> i'm over it me over it <laughs> It's Friday. It's the weekend now. Fuck Thursday. Fuck Thursday. I don't care if I had a fucking anxiety attack, mental breakdown. Fuck triggered a... Thursday. <laughs> just, it was the weirdest. Oh my god. It was, it, uh, but honestly, it felt to to be for like maybe it's because I have such clarity about it today. It. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it felt amazing. I, oh, yeah. You cried everything. I, every feeling you've had from 2020 yeah, to 2021. I literally, you cried it all I out. I let it all out. I haven't. It's crying because it sucks. Like, I, I, like, I really, like, one thing I'm, I'm grateful for, art and movies make me cry. I'm happy for mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah. movies, uh, if, me too. if it's art, I'll cry. It's great. But in terms yeah. of, like, yeah, emotional crying, it never gets me. It's and and I always mm-hmm. feel it like that. It's that feeling where like you, like you feel it in you somewhere, and you're like, "Oh, cool," and go. But it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel amazing today because I literally just cried out fucking a year yeah. and a half at a service Canada. Yeah, and, and and they can't charge you for that. That's not a crime. No, you can cry anywhere. No, you weren't like. You can cry anywhere. They can't be. They can't say sir and point to a sign that says no weeping. No, that doesn't exist. They have to let you weep <laughs> and let you go what you're going through as long as you're not in anyone's way. This is a freak. I am that. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your legit struggles. <laughs> it's okay because it sounds it sounds awful because obviously like. It's so frustrating. You've been dealing with this for such a long time. And that story is terrible, but I am keeping it in because it is very funny. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good to leave it. And because and, I also think it's a great testament to why we've taken a break over the last two months. Because mm-hmm. we've been mm-hmm. fucking busy and stressed for the last two months. And it just, we couldn't. Yes. It couldn't make it go. So like cat renovating a house, me crying in a fucking service Canada. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's been a big, big, big two months. And, like, this isn't the only big kind of emotional thing you've gone through. We spoke, like, what, a couple of weeks ago? And you told me about this almost fist fight you had, which was a crazy, crazy story. So I feel like you've gone through the whole cathartic spectrum of, like, wanting to rip someone's it's been crazy guts apart yeah like um yeah like, it's like, been crazy like, like maybe we can say we can save that story for another for another podcast i think just yeah yeah but, yeah but yeah at the beginning of this at the beginning of the summer has just been this emotional roller coaster 
of just yeah. like of first violence I've ever had in my life, and then just stress, <laughs> and then I was fuck, and again reiterate, I was stolen. I was stolen from. Yeah. They stole all my money. Yeah. I have no more money. Yeah. Oh, but buddy. we're all good. <laughs> they robbed me. <laughs> it's fine. I'll get it back. He still can't get you down. <laughs> You'll get close. it. The bank will give it back to. <laughs> the bank will get. Will yeah, give it back give, to you. It it's back. fine. And again, it wasn't that much because I'm broke. Yay. <laughs> so bad news. I was robbed. Silver lining. I don't have that much money. <laughs> Literally, that was because uh, they got because i because that's what uh i was because when i told some people they're like uh because uh, i was i talked on the phone and they said like you don't really seem mad about it i'm like i'm straight up not because after because <laughs> I'm, I'm upset about it now just because like it's like that when you talk about everything piling up then you can get upset oh yeah yeah, but yeah. for real yeah. i had so little money that when i was stolen from i was just like oh okay Whatever. You're like, okay, well. I was going to go in overdraft this month anyway, so. <laughs> you know what? It's almost September. Fall is upon us. Things, uh, I feel, are going to get better. Oh, yeah. And, and again, my mood's, my mood's so much better. I've been on a health kick lately. I'm feeling good. I've been active. I've been rock climbing. I've been swimming. I've been walking. Wow. It's all, it's all coming together. Or it all Look ends. Look at you. <laughs> or something else is going to happen. But let's knock on some wood. But um, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you had a very visceral, cathartic experience. It was cool. Some art. That's what we want. Exactly. Have you been, though? I mean, I've been okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be like, um, I've felt a little stressed because I definitely am not going through the same amount as you have. But... I just feel like one. I think when you move somewhere, when you move houses, even mm-hmm. you should t- you need like a month off of work and of your life, and you shouldn't plan anything or just do nothing until you get your living space sorted. A hundred. Because yeah, because like you can do as much as you can, you can plan, but then things will always get carried over, and it's just from then on playing a big catch up game. So, like, trying to do all of these things, trying to make everything be done and finished so that I can enjoy it for as long as I can before I have to move again. Because we don't have too long in this place, unfortunately. But trying to get that done is super frustrating because there's not enough time in the day. And I think I started to feel, like, burnt out because... I've had like the last year and a half of kind of nonstop things. Mm. And then especially the last couple of months. And I pushed myself to do a lot so that when I knew I had a lot of stuff to do and even on my days off where I had time, I was finding I wasn't getting those things done. And it was like hard to start things. And I was getting frustrated with myself because I'm not accomplishing things. And like that's that gets you mentally, you know, Mm -hmm. So just trying to, like, not be so hard on myself about finishing these kinds of things. And, like, I was saying it to someone, and they very simply said, it's probably because you're, like, burnt out. And I didn't even consider that an option. I was just, like, I'm being lazy. No, you got got burnt the hell out. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. So I, I did. And now I'm trying to just take it one thing at a time and not let too many things bug me. Yeah. Because then that's just a dangerous road. 
But um, other than that, like things are okay. <laughs> Work is very busy. Mm-hmm. That's not as fun as it seems, but the people are there are good, and I appreciate them, and that's the only reason why I go. Um, other than that, I've missed you. I miss you. I miss doing this and like other creative things. So I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah, why well, see? I was back, baby. It's back, baby. It's back, baby. So I think. On that note of of the arrival and the emotional check-in of our distraught stressness (laughs) and the chaos that is our lives, I think, so uh, um, here's here's what I was thinking. Who's going to go first? Because the last time we Mm. recorded, which was two months ago, Mm. was I went, you went first, and you went first. But recording-wise, I went first last time. Mm-hmm. Who? I don't. I'll um, go first. I don't mind. Uh, or what do you think? I was just looking at our latest episode that came out in July, and I went last. So I don't know if we should go off of that. What do you want to do, buddy? You get to pick. You pick. You go first. Okay. I'll close. I I'll will close go first. it off. I'll I'll pinch off cool. this turd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so have you heard of a little country called North Korea? I love... Oh, okay. I love North Korea. I think what... Okay. I'm going to start... This is one of my biggest fantasy uh, uh, interests. Like, when we first started, I was going to do something about North Korea. Okay, continue. You love North Korea? I've never heard... The best... Is there another Korea? Uh, there is. West? There's two. No. The opposite of North. Southeast. Close. East. <laughs> technically. East. Technically, okay. yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the kidnapping of Choi Yun-hee and... What's his name? I think I know who this is. Choi Yun-hee? Do you? Is he... Uh, yeah, Choi Yun-hee he, is, and Shin. Is Choi Yun-hee and Shin, are they the film director and actress? Yeah, they are. I love this story. But it's been a long... Do you know... I know okay, okay. vaguely rough. I, I, I know of the story, but I'm excited to hear the details. I North okay, Korea cool. is a bunch of goofs. <laughs> this is... Uh, it's wild out there, man. Let's talk a little bit about Kim Jong-il. So Kim Jong-il, the son of Kim Jong-sun, who is like North Korea's OG leader, mm-hmm. like sun god, supreme leader, all of these things. Kim Jong-il is his son. And um, he joined the propaganda and agitation department in 1966. <laughs> it's such a funny he name. Joined the trolling department. It's just like the propaganda literally, and agitation. They was like, oh, we're, agitation is very oh, funny. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm, I'm in the dickhead department. We agitate. <laughs> In 1996, oh, sorry, in 1966, then became director of motion picture and um, arts division. Yeah. So Kim Jong-il, big, big fan of movies. Cine- cinephile to the max. He has like a personal library of like 15,000 films. The weirdest fucking hit. I, I don't know much about, uh, what was his father's name? King, uh, Kim Jong-sun? Sun, I think. I don't know yeah. much about Sun, even though he's the first, because mm-hmm. uh, I grew up with with eel and now switched mm-hmm. to on with the weird mm-hmm. it's like obviously a fucking heavenly dictator of a forbidden kingdom country is fucked up mm-hmm. but they are so mm-hmm. weird they just like 
movies and Dennis Rodman. Yep. For for like a for dictators who are very like anti-capitalist, anti um like western culture, they like fixate on very specific parts of western yeah. culture and like pop culture specifically it's like, uh, it's like so funny it, it's, all, it's like osama bin laden was the uh, whitney houston's <laughs> biggest fan did, did you know that you know what i heard yeah you know what i heard about osama bin laden is that he wrote like erotica he was a dork he was a dork he has like written published erotica no way yeah, I heard this. I have but to find. He's just listening to his um, Whitney Houston records, on, <laughs> laying on his bed with his like p- uh, pink uh, bathrobe, with his feet kicking in the air, <laughs> writing his fanfic. And he's writing fan fiction, fucking erotica. I have to find like maybe I'll look into that, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So Kim Jong Il has a personal library of fifteen thousand films, specifically a big James Bond fan. Huh. Yeah. Yes. Big, big fan of Sean Connery. Um, so uh, early on, his films were obviously very propaganda-ish, very anti-Japanese rhetoric in them. Um, and then he, he starts to get frustrated because he's seen all of these other films, especially like Western films. He was frustrated because his films felt lifeless and stiff compared to the ones that he's been seeing. And he attributed it to... Um, the lack of enthusiasm from his, from the actors in and the way, crew, like that's the North- <laughs> part of it. It's, it's yeah, in a way that's part of it. Just, but like his yeah. specific reason, his specific reason is that they have um, a lack of enthusiasm because at the end of the day, they know that the state is gonna feed them anyways because communism. Yeah. They're still gonna like get quote unquote paid and fed, so they're Except not gonna put when in that much effort. Of people died in the nineties, and Kim Jong Il refused food anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like this is what he's saying of like, yeah. oh, this is what he's the, my my films are not working <laughs> because these people out here, these people who I have working for me, like they are not, they don't want it enough. Like, we're just hand-feeding them and rewarding them for mediocre behavior. Yeah. When in the West, people are putting their blood, sweat, tears, farts into earning their money. Yeah. So that's what he's saying. He's like, he's like, see, that's where capitalism gets it right. <laughs> yeah, yes, I don't know. Big budgets, yeah, yeah, right? So then this has his wheels turning. He's like, what can I do? You know, he's a problem solver. He wants to get better at his art. He wants to be putting out better product. So he comes up with a plan to kidnap this South Korean actress named Choi Yun-hee, who's a 50, uh, 52-year-old South Korean actress. Um, she went to Hong Kong thinking that she uh, was going to get this, like, direct uh director gig she thought she was going to direct a film and uh possibly open like a performing arts academy so she was being lured to hong kong when she was there she started to see like some people following her some guys following her constantly wherever she went um she met with this guy who would take her out to like business lunches and dinners barely talked about business was just like entertaining her and then one day he was like oh my wife and daughter will entertain you for a while while i'm like doing this thing they lure her to this harbor or bay or something and then that's when she gets kidnapped and then is put on a boat to north korea (laughs) yeah 
So uh, when she gets to North Korea, she's given um, lug. Uh, she is staying in a luxury villa. Do you know what the luxury villa's name is called? What building number one? Uh, <laughs> they're fucking the 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 Roblox <laughs> world of North Korea is so fucked up. It's like because like, because when maybe want to talk about North Korea like a, like a, a while ago, it's because like they have like preset haircuts. Like, you can literally, mm-hmm. like, for haircuts, you can... 28 haircuts for men. Yeah, and you can go, like, uh, yep. give me the 14. Yep. Is <laughs> so just like, hey, let me get uh, the three. <laughs> yeah, you can only pick within 28 haircuts, 28 approved haircuts. Yeah. If you do anything else, jail. Jail. <laughs> straight to jail. Um, straight to jail. Um, yeah, so she gets shown around Pyongyang. Uh, Pyongyang. Um, given she's given a private tutor who instructs her on um, on how to be like a good a good North Korean citizen basically and like the believe the ideologies of North Korea stuff like that. Ugh. Oh, um, did you see like when Kim, Kim Jong Il died? Like the forced mourning that they had to do. Yikers! That's fuck. Yeah, that whole, it's the weirdest place on earth. Is North Korea? It's so. Funny. I was. I have so many questions about it. I. I saw a, um, I think this was around the time that like Dennis Rodman went to North Korea, but I think Vice was also allowed to go there and there was a Vice documentary about North Korea. Mm-hmm. And just like they would obviously have teams show them around the stuff that they were allowed to see and then they couldn't just go anywhere that they wanted. They were only allowed to be brought and shown the things that they were mm-hmm. allowed to be shown. And just like so many of these apartment buildings empty the malls empty like so creepy not like just it's such a put on show so interesting so many questions but they're at the the luxury building one yeah (laughs) building number one um so yeah so she's given a tutor kim jong-il personally takes her to movies operas musicals and parties um he asks her her opinions he respects her perspective (laughs) on things and this whole time, like, he's treating her so nicely, treating her like the best boyfriend in the world. <laughs> um, and then she doesn't realize that she has basically been captured as bait for Shin. So Shin sang okay. Oak? Okay? I think it's Shin sang okay. Um, he is a South Korean um, film director. And him and Choi were actually married for a while. But then they got divorced because Shin went and had a family outside of their marriage. So obviously they divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, not feeling he it. started to realize that he, not feeling it. He started to realize that he hadn't heard from her in like six months. So he went to Hong Kong to try to find her. And then that's when he got abducted. Yeah. So he got abducted. He got taken to North Korea. Um, he was tortured. He's still like given a luxury villa, but um tortured and mistreated not like she was she was like a pampered princess basically in comparison to him um he attempted two escapes did not work out he got thrown into jail for disobedience because he tried to escape (sighs) and (laughs) yeah and on march 7th 1983 him and uh, shin and Choi got reunited at this party that kim jong-il threw each other so they did not know that either of them were in the country like as far as as far as they each knew they were both independently kidnapped Mm -hmm. and then brought to north korea i don't think they were even told like the reason why because i yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so um, when they finally got reunited and and basically Kim Jong Il parent tra- parent trapped them <laughs> together, yeah, because he essentially was like, "You guys are here to make movies, and you were married once before, and I want you to make all of these movies and have like a film studio production company." So um, in order to do that and in order for it to be Ruth. Ironically enough, that's like what feels like the movie is the fact that Kim Jong-il did this. It's like such a romance. It's such a nightmare romantic comedy of just a rom I know. Just like like, they used to be in love, but then they divorced (laughs) and they were living their own lives until one day they both got kidnapped by Kim Jong-il this summer. (laughs) I know while doing the research I was writing the movie in my head like okay what's what is this going to be like is it going to be this Oscar Beatty drama movie or is it going to be like fucking the parent trap because this is legit what it is so he tells them that they're here to make movies on basically on North Korea's behalf um he tells them that they can have like a film studio production studio whatever but they have to get married because it's more respectable that way oh my <laughs> they have to remarry <laughs> um they're aliens they're aliens on earth i know so because again let's let's not forget kim jong-il has a fifteen thousand plus library of films yep. he tells them that they have to watch and critique four films per day he gives them homework yeah he gives them homework he's like okay now that i have you two now that you've remarried you're gonna make some art but you need to do it correctly so have all of this time to do research write some papers on it and then report give me your book reports after so he um tells them to watch and critique four films per day uh mostly are communist block movies some are western popular movies um i I love movies i'm a movie guy but that kind of sounds like hell to have to watch four movies a day and also i know to have to do it also keep in mind because if you're watching movies from some movies from like the 60s and 70s are like three hours long of nothing yeah also most of these are like communist movies so it's not even just like they were watching Taps or Doctor Zhivago, you know. It's and, and also all the fucking all the monster movies back in this in like the fifties and sixties. It's like you don't see the like the whole a hundred only the whole like hour and a half of the movie is literally just men smoking in rooms talking <laughs> about the monster. That's mm-hmm. all they are. Keep your monster movie in mind, Jace. Okay, don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so then Kim oh, I know. finally That's admitted I Yeah, <laughs> Kim finally admitted to Shin that he wanted him to direct a film and enter it into an international contest. Um Kim allowed Shin to broaden the topics of his films because he realized that um in order for them to be successful, they need to be hashtag relatable and if they were only kind of pushing anti-Japanese pro-communist uh pro-North Korea kind of agenda, not everyone was going to respond to it so he had his finger on the pulse of <laughs> of culture he really did he had it right up the asshole of culture <laughs> so um in their time in north korea these are the films that uh shin directed and Choi, i think starred in either one they worked on them so first one was an emissary of no return apparently that was based on a play kim jong-il wrote like in the 60s. Um, so that came out in 1984. 
There's one called Love, Love, My Love, also 1984. Uh, a movie called Runaway, 1984. I don't, a movie called Salt. I don't mind the Sorry? titles. The titles are okay. No, good titles. Good titles. A movie called Salt, which came out in 1985. Choi actually won Best Actress at the Moscow Film Festival. Okay. For this movie. Yep. Uh, the Tale of Shim Chong in 1985. And then the last one is Pul Gasari in 1985, which is a Godzilla-inspired film. Yeah, that's the one that I, I knew that's of for sure. That's the one. Yeah. So, funny about that movie is that the actual guy who played Godzilla, who was in the Godzilla suit in the actual Godzilla movies, yeah. actually played the monster in this movie. Did they movie. get him too? They got him because they tricked the Japanese crew into thinking it was a Chinese production, even though the whole movie is like anti-Japanese rhetoric. I, they fucking, they just keep getting, Jap- they, keep, they keep getting the Japanese. They keep getting the Japanese. They keep tricking people. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. Like it's so, it's so ridiculous, but it's very funny. But yeah, so like literally in the videos I watched, which I will um, tell you about later, you can see the guy who uh, played Godzilla. Like they'll show you, photos of him in the Godzilla suit and then him in the Pulgasari um, suit. So yeah, Pulgasari is like this um, monster who eats metal and he comes to life because a little girl like bled on him. It's it's a crazy concept. Mm. Um, the guy whose video I watched in regards to the story, he has a DVD copy of this movie. I don't know how he got it. I'm sure somewhere on the internet we can find it, but I digress. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that was the last movie that they made. So, Shin and Choi actually escape. So what they did was in um, 1986, they were going to make a movie about Genghis Khan. So Kim Jong-il let them travel to Vienna, I think, to find their Genghis Khan or do research or mm. something. Um, <laughs> so Shin and Choi orchestrated an interview with um, a journalist, I believe, and they convinced their North Korean like handlers bo- slash bodyguards to let them be alone in the room with the oh, interview. Oh, they got executed uh, for interviewer. sure. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's so terrible. Um, so yeah, they convinced them, and then they sn- uh, They told the hotel staff like we're trying to go to the U.S. embassy and escape. So they snuck them out. They ran. There was like a high speed car chase, and then they lost the North Korean handlers in traffic. And then they got to the U.S. Embassy. They um, were seeking political asylum and then they uh, were saved. They were brought to America and then that's where they stayed until they finally moved back to South Korea. <laughs> Before going to a very suspicious open casting call for, for beautiful <laughs> South Koreans. Uh, yeah, so um, they... Went, articles were published, uh, the story got out. Um, North Korea was like, no, that's all lies. These two defected. They wanted to move to North Korea. These are all lies. Lies and slander. Do not believe them. They wanted, yeah, they wanted to move so badly they defected. And then Shin and Choi um, produced literal receipts of um, recorded tapes of Kim Jong-il talking about his 
his big master plan to kidnap them because they knew that if they ever escaped that North Korea was going to be like, no, they're lying. They defected, whatever. So as an insurance policy for themselves to like prove that they were kidnapped, every time they like had a conversation with him or something, they would sneak in like a tape recorder and record him just at the off chance that he would be like, you know, it was so smart of me to kidnap you. (laughs) Well, because the the funny thing with this is, like, with North Korea, anytime they do bullshit like this is because they just, like, uh, the worst thing that happens is they just look bad. Because you're so Mm -hmm. fucking, like, what, like, like he could, he could have killed them, he could have ate their hearts out, and if they found he would have been like, oops, did I do that? Yeah, because, like, no one, no one, like, does anything. No one really does anything. They, yeah. So, um... Yeah, um, Shin, I think, passed away in the 90s or the early 2000s. I can't remember. And then Choi recently passed away in 2018. But there have been like some dramatizations about their about their journey and what they went through. But um, not anything I think that we would have seen. Yeah, probably. Probably not. Yeah, these aren't the only two that uh, people that like North Korea have uh, abducted. The real number I think is around like thirty eight hundred or even more than that. Basically, they kidnap people to um, learn more about them. So like, they'll be telling their intelligence officers stuff about their culture because they're so far removed. It's not like they have the internet really to research. Yeah. So they need to literally take people. Oh. To be the it's, research. It's, it's, like, uh, it's, uh, it's like that John Mulaney bit with the newspaper. It's like, what happened today? It's yeah, just, yeah. It's like, what's happened? It's exactly that. It's exactly yeah. that. It's just like, tell me about everything. And that's it. <laughs> they just walk, they're just like gospy old women. Like that. they're they're kidnapping. They're yeah. Sitting, they're sitting around over tea. It's like, what? So tell me everything. Can you imagine, um, like, a North a North Korean, like, intelligence officers kidnapping someone from the U.S. and then having them explain the Kardashians? Just everything. To them? I, I, Just, like, everything in general. Well, you can't explain anything because, like, the, the phrase North Korean intelligence officer is oxymoronic. It's like, you don't know <laughs> shit. Exactly. Like, like, to, like, it's like year. They don't, it's not even 2021 to them. They use a different uh, year. No. They're like year like 136. Is that true? Yeah. No, yeah. They, they use a different year. I think it's, um, I, this one could be wrong. I think it starts from uh, Kim Jong-sun's birthday. Birthday? I think so. That from sounds his birthday. Right. But no, they, they, don't, they, they don't even use the same year as us. Hold on. Let's look it up. No, not year of independence. That's an oxymoron, too. <laughs> Which year is going on in North Korea? So the birth year of Kim Il-sung. Oh, we've been calling him Kim Jong-sun just because we thought. Oh. <laughs> um, 1912 in the Gregorian calendar became Jush. In the <laughs> Jush sounds Jush like a frat one. boy. What's up, Jush? Jush? <laughs> J-U-C-H-E. Oh, yeah, Jush. Yeah, that's one like in now. the Either. North Korean... Yeah, in the North Korean calendar, thus the current year, 2021, is, is Jush 111. One, 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 oh, yeah, I told you. Yeah, yeah. next 2022 is Jush wow. It's weird, right? Jush. Jesus. Someone was just telling me that, like, so yeah, Kim Jong-un right now is, I guess that his title is Supreme Leader, but technically his grandfather 
uh, Kim Il Sung. He's, like he's like the big. He's the big guy. Descending from him, he's the big guy. Like still, yeah, no, like like yeah, like his son still, even though he's dead. Yeah, his sons and grandsons and great grandsons, they'll still be hot shit. But the first, he was like the yeah god, essentially. Yeah, he's still god and still like. There's like supreme leader. There's supreme supreme. There's max supreme. What's the highest level of supreme at Taco Bell? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess uh, the Geronimo. I don't know. Just assume. Yeah, he is Geronimo leader. <laughs> they can't hear this, right? How funny would be? I can't imagine the one podcast that gets through. There's just one. There's there's one like starving five year old kid hold on a on a radio tower holding out a fork, and he just picks up. You should check out. If we're the one show that gets out to North Korea, I'd be so we're happy. The one show I'd sell you that out gets out to North second. Korea. If we got kidnapped to do a podcast about North Korea. Do it, uh, like literally, because I, I I don't know. I hundred percent do it. I'm not I'm not dating anyone right now. I'll do it. I'll fucking go to Korea and just like 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 literally because this one because I'm in my twenties. My twenties is like I'm in my listless twenties. Mm-hmm. Yo, what's it going to mm-hmm. give me a purpose? Straight up, I'll yeah. I'll be your podcast prisoner. Listen, I've been saying that I've wanted a literal patron, like in the old school way of just a rich person who believes in your art and stuff. Just funding your life and your creativity. If it has to be Supreme Leader Kim (laughs) Jong-un, you know. (laughs) Oh, that'd be beautiful. It's 2021. Like, hustle where you can. Get your money. This fucking little Zoomer ass haircut. This little fucking bussin haircut that he has. Jason, we'll be taken care of no matter what. I, I, I just don't want to know what North Korean taking care of is. As a person's like, yeah, you get like you you get to eat five extra toenail clippings today. Sick. Yeah. Lux- oh, my God. Do you think we'll stay in luxury villa building number one? <laughs> oh, no. They, they, they've, re- they've rebranded. It's building A now. Oh, beautiful. But that's my topic. Some jokes aside, obviously there's a lot wrong. It's with the stuff the going weirdest... on there. With the stuff in this story. Yeah. I yeah. love this story. Definitely yeah. <laughs> definitely like um humanitarian um rights are being infringed for sure. <laughs> oh for but, um, sure, bro. Oh for, for sure, sure, dude. <laughs> But yeah, that's my um, weird, funny little story out of North Korea, you know. Yeah, all right. I love that story. Good job, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I did want to mention uh, the videos I watched. I will link them, obviously. I just did want to mention the videos I watched um, in regards to this story. Uh So one is by this YouTube channel called Simple History. It's like an animated series. Uh, the video is called The Act- Actress Kidnapped by Kim Jong-il and Forced to Make Movies in brackets strange stories. <laughs> and then the other one is by Plainly Difficult, uh, A Brief History of North Korea's Abduction of Shing sang Ok and Choi Yun-hee. I will link those. And then also I got this idea from, um, you know, I was perusing the TikTok when I like to uh, disassociate and not pay attention to anything in my real life. And I came across this girl talking about this exact story. And I was like, that's very interesting. And then that's what sparked me. Okay, this is from the TikTok account, The Zen Blonde. I guess I'll link that too. You know, 
Yes. Okay, that's it for real for me. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> through my f- I just threw my phone. <laughs> it made it seem like you're just so upset. Like, like <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I guess that's it for me, okay? <laughs> I, I, like, just, it literally went out of my hand like this. Beautiful. Okay, it's up to you now, buddy boy. Okay, so, um, so... Like, growing up, like, watching, like, The Simpsons and, like, SNL at the time, there's one thing that I always found interesting and par- uh, that I see parodied a lot would be uh, mm. Japanese game shows. <gasps> and because yes. um, the joke with a lot of, in the 90s, which as a young kid, which I didn't really understand, is uh, Japanese um, uh, game shows were famous for being... Unre- unbelievably cruel to its contestants. Yep. It's like, and it, yep. and it carries on to this day. Like, you'll see, like, the prank is, like, uh, a woman will walk into an elevator and the floor will give out and they will fall 30 feet into pitch blackness. And then everyone yeah. laughs at her and then someone shoots her with a gun. It's like... Yeah. And that's Japanese game shows. So... I wanted to... Also, I love that we're both doing, a, like, I Asian was gonna say, stories. I, I know, this is a... Because uh, you had North Korea. I have Japan. Yeah. This is a wow. very Asian... You're Asian. Breaking news. I'm the only <laughs> non-Asian thing about this podcast right now. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. I just got no, very yeah, excited. It's a, it's a very Asian podcast. But also, uh, <laughs> it's not the nicest light we're putting on Asia, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was like, ah, when I was doing research, I was like, ah, an Asian story, nice. And then I went, I mean, it's not the best. Yeah, it's a story about <laughs> what the fuck is going on in Asia, <laughs> similar to yeah. Because I'm about to speak about the cruelty of the Japanese. So, but yay, Asian <laughs> podcast! Wow, we're really trying to cement um our our slot with uh, Kim Jong Un. Anti Japanese rhetoric. True. Whoa, crazy. <laughs> That's a joke. Please, for legal reasons, it's a joke. We love you, Japan. <laughs> we love you, Kim. Okay. But. So, um, the video that I'm going to reference, there's this amazing YouTuber. Her name is Atrocity Atrocity Guide. And she does okay. this amazing res- uh, like research, journalism, video essays. And I stumbled across this video about this Japanese reality TV show that is the the most cruel and bizarre television show I've ever seen in my life. It is called... Okay. Uh, the show is called Susanoo Denpa Shonen, which okay. I love in English. Know what it translates in English? What? Forward. Signal youth. <laughs> um... But uh, and so what? Uh, what uh, Susunu Dempa Shonen is? It's a, it's a weirdly ahead of its time. When you watch it, it's like kind of like Tim and Eric wacky vibes. But it was in 1998, and so okay. it's like a variety show of different um, endurance tests. The show is about endurance, and so what mm-hmm. they do is they put people through these crazy. Um, endurance challenges and then air mm-hmm. it on TV, edit it with funny effects, and everyone laughs. 
Is this the one where they have them jumping on like, um, like spongy balls and oh. hitting them? Oh no, cat! You're you're thinking of M. You're thinking of the show, um, uh, so some Takeshi's Castle. You're thinking of Takeshi's Castle that was rebranded as MXC in North America. Yes. Yeah. MXC. That's what oh, it is. Kat, yes. That's Barney's Playhouse. Oh, <gasps> compared to this. And because there are four, I'm going to be talking about one of the show, uh, one of the segments that I find the most fucked okay. up. But there are three other shows. Okay, I'm going to brief glimpse into what's coming ahead. This show was canceled. It started in 1998. It was canceled in 2002 for human cruelty. <laughs> it was deemed, oh too, my it was God. deemed too cruel to keep going. But it got oh a lot God. of Oh my God. So, the, the endurance test of Nas, uh, Nasubi. Nasubi. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'm just going to explain it. So, January, January 1998. The show began, and it was an endurance test where one man had to be locked in a tiny apartment, which is only supplied with running water, a toilet, um, a burner, a desk, and on that desk is a pen and a th- and thousands of envelopes, and on the other side of the room is a rack of magazines, and. The contestant is stripped entirely naked, not even socks, completely 100% naked, and must live entirely off of sweepstake prizes. <gasps> oh my god! So what happens is, oh my god! Um, uh, this young man, they they do a raffle for people that want to be on the game show. Okay. And so there's about 20 guys and this one young man who is this, uh, I, like, you can ch- make sure to check him out after this. He's this, this kindest, sweetest looking man you'd ever meet. He's a young mid-20s Japanese comedian named Nasubi. Mm-hmm. And Nasubi in okay. English translates to eggplant. He's he's um, he's he's a comedian in Japan. He's trying to get recognition. He's trying to make it as a big famous comedian. So he thinks this show is a good mm-hmm. opportunity. But he wins the raffle, mm-hmm. and what happens next is they shoo out everyone else, they blindfold Nasubi, and they take him into this room, which has everything that I said before, which is like a desk with envelopes and a pen, and they strip him mm. down of all of his clothes. So he's completely naked. And the, here's what the game is. He cannot leave this apartment until he... Uh, until the uh, prizes that he wins from these magazine sweepstakes, he can't leave until that prize value is worth 1 million yen, which is about $9,000 American. Oh my God. And and here's what's fucked up, because I'm going to give you a peek into what I'm about to say is going to be very shocking. But I, because I was going to save this later for how long he did this. Mm-hmm. I was going to save it for later, but I'm going to do it now because Atrocity Guy does a good point when she puts this. Because I'm basically doing like the... I'm uh, I, I'm kind of translating the Atrocity Guy for this video. You have to watch the Atrocity Guy video. But, so... Okay. He was completely naked, right? Mm-hmm. The, enti- uh, the first thing he tried to submit for a prize, because like, he like he write, he'd get a magazine, look for prizes to win, enter his information, they send it to his area. The first thing he tried to win was an apron to cover himself. He didn't win. 
he did not win a single item of clothing other than a woman's panties that didn't even come close to fitting him for the entire 15 months he did this. <gasps> he spent 15 months in this room completely naked. Oh my god. And it's fucked up. This show is insane. And you can find all these clips on if you YouTube Nasabi, you can find all these clips online of individual episodes cuz what happens is what they film this show, then they edit it down in funny things and they make it he's it's now a 10-minute weekly sketch on Sundays. Yeah. So, um the very first month that Nasabi does this contest, he submitted cuz also it's he's literally in jail. Cause so his he has nothing to occupy his time, so for the first month he submitted to five thousand seven hundred and forty eight contests, almost <gasps> six thousand contests he he applied to. And here's the thing, you'd imagine they didn't supply him with any food to start with, so he started this out starving. He went almost a uh, he went like almost several days without any food. And that's how he started this. He eventually, his first, um, his first prize, he got a case of fiber jelly that he had <gasps> to just eat raw. He was eating fiber jelly. And then his second prize in the month, he bought, he got a, he got a bag of rice, but then he realized he can't cook the rice. So he was so hungry. He tried to eat the rice raw. But eventually, he MacGyvered away to cook the rice by using packets like the, the fiber jelly. He would put them over his burner so he was able to cook his rice so he won't die. Oh, because he had no, no pots. pots. He had no pots. Oh, my God. So he had to find, a way to, find, find a way to cook his rice. And then for the rest of the first month, he won 1,000 yen. He won uh, <gasps> some body soap. And he won a can of spaghetti. That he would never be able to <gasps> open because he never got a can opener. Oh my god. And so here's the thing. It took him to get to the halfway point. He was stuck in... He was. Uh, it took six months to get to the halfway point of this guy stuck oh in this naked god. room starving to death. Trying to get the sweepstack prizes. And the whole time, because he's a comedian... Because you think about it, like, how could this be entertaining? But the whole time, he's, like, dancing, mugging to the camera. He's making silly faces. And he does, like, comedy routines to try to keep things fun. Because <gasps> the guy, he's a comedian. He wants, he, this is his moment of fame. It's, like, a little bit creepy that way because he's, like, he's, cause he's so willing to be tormented by it for, for the TV time. Oh, my God. So he's God. making it fun. So after six months, I gotta stop. That's the only thing I've been saying. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, oh my so gosh! After six months, he makes it halfway through and submitted thirty-eight thousand entries. And then around then, we're kind of gone to the halfway point. He got um, a bicycle that he was excited to ride around in his apartment, but he couldn't ride it around because the apartment's so small. It's a tiny Japanese apartment, so he just like he rode out for a second and put it away. He got a TV, mm -hmm. but no antenna, no VCR, just a, so he could just get that. He got a toy seal, and he got a toothbrush where he could finally brush his teeth after months of not brushing his teeth. After months? And, and here's the thing. And, Kat, surely no one would want to watch this undignified, cruel show, right? Yeah, obviously not. Wrong. They loved it. 
Oh my god! It would get uh, every Sunday. It would get 17 million views. <gasps> on t- and this is in the 90s in just Japan. Because uh, for reference, uh, I'll trust you guys. You put it. The highest viewed episode of Game of Thrones was 17 million, <gasps> and that was worldwide. So everyone watched this show. So it got so popular that people kind of found out where Nasabi was. So they started like like camping out, taking pictures of his area. So the, the so the guys, the the producers had to move uh, Nasabi. Had so to relocate middle, him. Yep. So in the middle of the night, he's completely asleep. They open up his door. They blindfold him. They take him to a separate, identical room, and then tell him to keep going. So he, so then now that he's in the second room. Um, they start. They do a live stream of it now, and this is the late '90s. It's a live stream, and and because he's naked this entire time, when they do a live stream, they had to have a person with a live sensor bar over his dick, because he'd walk around, and they had to like it's like this it's like this uh, purple circle that's always just around his dick because it's a live stream, and he he hasn't wanted to be fucking close. Wow, and. So and in this in the second place he starts he's winning he's winning for a lot for a little bit he wins a watermelon and um uh one one thing that, one thing I like for like a a, a time capsule mm-hmm. knows one of, he wins tickets to see the Spice Girls movie oh! so he won that my favorite I would have I would have loved that and then in this second in this new location he becomes he approaches two thirds of the way done. <gasps> And then his luck runs out. No. He ran out of food. He went a week starving to death. And eventually they relocate him to a third location, hoping that will bring luck. And it did. He started, they fucking he feng shuied his situation. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, like uh, and now he started winning huge prizes. He won an expensive set of tires. He won a tent that he used to sleep in, but he had to take down his tent because every time Nasabi would win a prize, he would do a dance of gratitude. Yeah. And when he finally had his tent and shelter, it was it, it was too big for the apartment, so he couldn't do his dance of gratitude, so he disassembled the tent and got rid of it. <laughs> and then he got a PlayStation in the <laughs> 1990s. And, and he had his TV, so literally for... Four, because after everything he's been through, he got a play in the '90s. Got a PlayStation. He didn't stop playing it for four days straight because wow. he finally had some stimulus, and he literally didn't stop playing it for four days straight. And the show got nothing out of him, but he had to stop him. He had, he banned himself from playing it because it was distracting himself from his goal. Wow. And after three hundred and fifty-five days. He met, he met his goal, and it was done. He finally succeeded. And so as a prize, he wakes up one day, and they shoot confetti on him. In the middle of the night again, they shoot confetti on him. And they say, congratulations, Nasabi. You won. You beat the game. So we're going to take you to Korea for a quick day vacation before we wrap up the show. So they take him to, his Korea, uh, take him to Korea, and they take him on an amusement park. He shoots a lot of stuff. He's having a lot of fun. And then they say, all right, cool. So we need to wrap up the show. Uh, Put on this blindfold, put in these earbuds and get in the car. And then he gets in the car and they take him to another room (gasps) that's identical to what he just got out of. And they said the game's not over (gasps) because 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 they can't let him go because they can't let him go because the show's so popular. They say 
in order for this show to end, you need to pay for your plane ticket with prize with prizes. And the thing is, Cat, he can't speak Korean. So he has to do it all again, but they gave him it's an identical room, but they gave him a Korean Japanese book. So now he has to translate everything into Korean and play the game again to get uh, to uh, in order to get uh, prizes worth a plane ticket. Could you imagine how heartbreaking that would be to wake up into that room? Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so in that, but here's the thing. At this point, it's been a year of, of not to be doing it. It's been a full How year. old was He's, he when he did this? I think mid-20s. Like probably oh my age. Oh my God. And so now he's a machine at this. So in, it takes him two months. He did 7,000 entries in two months. And uh, that any, and he, so he paid for his plane ticket to go home. But that happened too fast. They thought that would take oh him four my. or five months. Oh, my God. So, Do not tell me there's more. So now he says, uh, so, uh, no, you have to pay in order to get it to uh, business class. <gasps> so he does it again. Uh, so he, but here's the thing: he immediately gets it for business class because his one of his most he got this. Uh, uh, he won these two bags of incredibly expensive and rare tea leaves. Yeah, so that paid for it to business class. And then again, they went, um, no, you can't leave yet. You have to be first class ticket. So then he he stays in that room, and then eventually, but he was kind of cool. He, the luck Nasabi garnered with himself, with all of his dances of gratitude, his commitment. Yeah. He, the, the gods did not want him to stay in Korea. Yeah. Because then he immediately won a picture frame, a fox skin, and a live octopus. What the fuck? They mailed him an octopus. What the fuck are these contests he's submitting to? It's Korea, dude. It's, 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 I don't know, they, they mailed him a live octopus, and we can find this all on YouTube, and eventually they finally begrudged and flew him to Japan. He went out. They blindfolded him again. Oh my gosh. And he woke up in an even smaller room. And the thing is, when they had to transport him, he had to put on clothes. And this is what's fucked up. After a year of not wearing clothes, he, he struggles to wear clothes now. He literally, it feels bad on his body. So every time they tra- take him to a new area, clothes, he'd immediately, he'd always rip off his clothes because he can't stand the feeling of clothes on his body anymore. So they put him in this room and the first thing he does is get naked. And then so he gets completely naked and then all, f- all the walls of his room collapse <gasps> and he's completely naked in front of a live studio audience. <gasps> And everyone's screaming and clapping at him. And he's just completely, he's shocked. He's frozen. Because he hasn't made contact with anyone for for 15 months. And now there's like 300 people screaming and cheering for him naked. And he's just staring in disbelief. He looks around. He sees himself on the camera. Everyone's laughing and pointing at him. And that's... The end to his to his show. That was the end of his segment. He finally finished. How crazy is that show? That's absolutely insane. You can check out on YouTube, watch Atrocity Guys video, talk about the whole thing, and you can just find, you can watch the show on YouTube. But 
Do you want to know what the other segments of the show that got canceled because of, of cruelty? Yeah, tell me. So Nasabi was just one of four shows. That's um, insane. Which one do I start with? One of the other shows is literally we're stranding you on an island by yourself and you have to make a build a raft and come and back? back to and come back. <laughs> you have to build a raft and come back. Like purposefully castawaying someone? Yes, literally castawaying someone. Uh hitchhike from the top of Africa to the bottom of Africa. That's literally just the show. All of Africa from the top to the bottom hitchhike. Jesus fucking Christ. And then the last show. Do you want the last show is cat? What? You're locked in a in a room with no food and no light. It's pitch black and the you only get food and light if your favorite baseball team wins a game. <gasps> oh my gosh. So yeah, this show got canceled for cruelty. <laughs> It couldn't I can't believe it was on from 1998 to 2002. Yeah, it because it's so popular. 17 million Japanese people are watching it and not a single person. Well, mm-hmm. that's probably not true. There were probably there was probably uh, outrage. Some. Yeah. But like uh, lot, uh, no one was like, hey, maybe stop. Like got in touch with the producers to be like, it's uh, stop and- this. And like, and the fun, and because it does permanent damage because back to Nasabi, um, it did. He's 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 much better now. Now to this day, he is a professional climber. He oh. has climbed Mount Everest like two or three times. Wow. He uh, he's an avid climber, but when he left, it took him years to get over wearing clothes again. My God, he I bet. Wear clothes for so long. And uh, it didn't do much to his comedy. He got he got some he got moderate success in acting and TV, okay. which was nice. But it killed his comedy career because literally staying secluded in that kind of it in that area, he said his social skills, charm, and humor atrophied. Of course, who are you going to charm came, yourself? Yeah, when he came yeah, when he came out of there, he he felt he he had lost all social capabilities. Fuck. But apparently, apparently he's gone better now because it's because it's been a while. Yeah. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else about Nasabi. How did you hear about this? I literally just stumbled upon because I'm a fan of Atrocity Guy. And yeah. I stumbled upon her video, and now and then since then I've just been watching the videos, uh, watching the show. How hard is it to watch the videos? YouTube it. YouTube Nasabi. Uh, I, I'm. I don't really want to watch. It's a, okay, but keep in mind, because remember, like I'm painting it so grim, but the entire time he's laughing and mugging to the camera. I know, but that's so like there's something so and and also extra to be honest, grim about that. I bet if I, I I I'm sure if he really wanted to leave, he could have, but I bet he was just coerced to stay. <laughs> if that makes it feel any better. If he really wanted, if but he like, really uh, wanted to call it quits, but he was just like, "This is my big break. I gotta stick it out." No, it, yeah, but it's um, it's a pretty morbid thing to watch, and you can just watch him deteriorate because he's just. It's a wild show. It's truly Jesus, is dude. Watch it just out of curiosity, because because um, because uh, one of the comments from the Atrocity got a video that I think was pretty apt. It's like it literally is an episode of Black Mirror. 
Oh my god, the first oh it is literally Atrocity Guide is the first one and the fucking yeah. title card. Oh what what was it again? It's just like a fisheye lens photo of oh, this guy's yeah. face and it's so No 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 no. <gasps> yeah. Oh I have genuine goosebumps. It's a, it's a really cool thing to watch. Watch watch the Atrocity Guy video and decide for yourself if you want to watch the clips. But yeah. at least watch like a little bit of the show just so you can see. Yeah. But, I think I'm going to leave it there at Nasabi. Uh, that's Nasabi, possibly one of the cruelest reality TV shows ever made. It's got to be the cruelest. That's insane. How fucking wild is that show, right? That's wild. Good job, buddy. That was Thank not you. where I thought that was going to go. No, honestly, because uh, even though we haven't been recording, I've been wanting to do that, uh, do this topic for like two months now. Wow. That's, this is the one I've been sitting on for a while. I wow, you really one. came in hot with that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, guys, check it out. I'm going to watch this atrocity guide video, but um, oh, she, that's... She's so good. She has so many good videos, too. That's really insane. Yeah. I, here I was, I was like, MXC, they just like laugh and point at you. Oh no! Fuck! No, this is they they emotionally tore. It's literally it's literally Japanese old boy. I was gonna say I was like, if it, if I was him, like, I yeah I would I would fucking old boy the hell out of all of those people. Yeah, I wish he didn't come out of the room <laughs> and kill everyone. If they're lucky that he didn't win a hammer. Honestly, <laughs> like best this is best case scenario that they got canceled after four years. So like, did anything happen to them? No, because I, I, um, I, I don't know if they were like literally canceled for cruelty, but I think they were just, I think, I think they were canceled just because they're like, I think like ethics committee was just like, eh, I don't think we it's, can do it's this It's not anymore. sustainable. Yeah. It's like, I don't think this is, this is the right thing to do. Jesus, dude. That was, that's the craziest. I want to know how that guy did. Uh, hitchhiking from the top of Africa to from yeah, the from the tit of Africa to the taint of Africa. I'm seeing it now. Uh, the program's initial cancellation was related to a government. <laughs> a what? I just love this sentence. I love Japan so much. I love '90s Japan. Uh, this program's initial cancellation was related to a government crackdown on torture shows. <laughs> 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 a torture torture theme show. I just I was like, yeah, we really got to crack down on all this all these torture shows. Jesus. Oh, Japan. Oh, oh, Japan. We wow. We deal with these torture shows. Wow, I love how our stories were a little overlapping. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. A little wow. bit, um like hu- human cruelty in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. Great job, buddy. Very. Thank um, you so much. I will not stop thinking about that. Cool. Oh, it's such a good, it's such a good video. Yeah, everyone. So yeah, you should check out Atrocity Guy's video on Nasabi. Amazing. Thank you. I will link that. Wow. All right. Wow. I can't believe that a first episode in like two months. Great. It's we're off with a bang. We're off with a. <laughs> yeah. Jason, where can they What's find up? you? Uh, they can find me at at Brotohool on Instagram. That's B R U D D A H O U L E. Brotohool. And Catherine, where can they find you? They can find me at It's Catherine Ram on Instagram, Twitter. Beautiful. 
Uh, yep. Literally any social media thing because it's been the same forever. And Perfect. you guys can find the podcast at YSEO Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, uh, tell your friends, uh, like the show. It's a fun time. It's, it's a, a fun time. Together. Give us some reviews. Write some reviews. Uh, give us some uh, five stars. That would be very nice. Please do. If anyone wants to set uh, set up a Patreon for Jason, <laughs> please <fun>. do. <laughs> Fix my goddamn life. But yeah. <laughs> We're looking uh, at you, Kim Jong-un. Kim, oh, God. I will let you fuck me. Uh, on that note, I on that note, episode. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, mama mia.